hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Oh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 203. Now, I'm, I'm talking a little quietly, Stephen, because... Um, we're sitting in McDonald's, let's be honest, at George Street, Sydney, because we've just come from the opening of the Apple Apple Store with the Apple Watch on, on, on show. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, I'm joined each and every week by Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Hang on. I'm just finishing off my hash brown here. Yeah. I'll, uh, it also, is, we uh, have a medical emergency. Do I need to call an ambulance? You broke a nail. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you bruised an eyelash, so I think we're even. <laughs> <laughs> we do this each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear talking 30 or 40 minutes of uh, the latest news and technology. Two blokes talking tech. Well, it, it's hard to talk about anything else. It, and, we, and we recorded later in the week. We should apologise in advance for those that have gone Thursday and Friday without anything to listen Stop to. sending us emails. Yeah. <laughs> um, overwhelmed by tweets. Uh, not. Um, the, the Apple Watch. The reason we delayed it was because we knew we were both going to be here at the Apple Store Friday morning uh, for what is the first opportunity for the general public to see, touch and feel the Apple Watch. And it's, a, it's frank, frankly a monumental shift in the way Apple approaches a product because never before have you been able to see look at play with a product before you can before it's even on sale yeah. because the thing's not even available for pre-orders till five o'clock this afternoon yep. and it's not available to, to own until the 24th mate well it is well it's obviously a, a vastly different offering by apple it's a product that you don't tuck it away in your bag you don't put it in your pocket this is something that's that you wear and, and think, we both uh, had that experience. I think what, what they want people to do is come down and see the range. And, and there's, there's a table there that it's like when we were at San Jose last year. There's like 30, 40 watches in there because there's so much variety. They want you to go, okay, what size? And then they want to go, okay, feel the different bands, the different construction. And it was very interesting. I, was, I almost pretty much ruled out the sport band because I, I, most of those rubbery bands on watches aren't very good. This one is actually very, 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 very smooth. Nice. Now, the whole process, just to sort of briefly talk about it, the customers can come in. So there's a long table covered in glass that shows you every single combination of the Apple Watch. Then there are fitting tables, which has got a little a watch that you can actually interact with that's that, that you can use the digital crown, the button, and touch the screen. And then next to that is a mat. And there are drawers that they pull out to give customers an opportunity to pick the size watch, the style of watch, and the watch band so they can try on all the different sizes and styles. Then if they want to pre-order that version, they can do that either online or in the store. They'll take them to a Mac and do that for them. So it is, as you said, it's, it's unusual to get such early access to a product by Apple. So, But here's an exception. And again, it, it is pretty historic when you think about it. Here's a new product category that we're seeing from Apple on top of iPhone, on top of iPad, MacBook, all of this. This is brand new and the first product produced entirely under Tim Cook's watch as well, which yep. is important. Let's talk about our first impressions <clears throat> outside of it. We had a play with it in, in San Jose last year, but it was still very, very early days with the software. And the ones in the store, when you come play with them, they're on a demo loop, so it's a different experience. But 
you know what? It is, to me, on, on face value, the best smartwatch I've seen because of the quality of the construction and also the operating system. So the crown, when you, when you, scro- when you scroll the crown on your homepage, it actually zooms out or zooms into the apps. Um, that's a very good way of navigating. Scroll, scroll through emails and messages. Um, yeah. It can be used in so many different ways. You've got your swipe. You've got a, you've got a button for, for, for certain things. You've got the crown pr- to press in for, to go back to home. It is actually a pretty beautiful piece of software. Uh, and, and that is the first thing you see in the store. We'll see a- Apple, as they do with all their products, they not only make the hardware, but they make the software that runs behind it as well. With, with, that, with the digital crown, I think uh, at, the, at launch, they thought, well, the challenge here is you've got such a small screen and having a touch screen, you can't, you, you'll be covering the whole screen with your finger. So that's the reason where the digital crown comes into play. So you can use that as an alternative to touching and scrolling on the screen. I found it really easy. I went into messages and mail. Using the digital crown lets you easily scroll up and down your emails. When you actually go into an email, you can again scroll up and down. Hit the, the, the digital crown is like the home button. It, it, you could learn how to use it in 30 seconds. So it's, it's quite intuitive. Style-wise, I think... It's a very, it's a very uh, minimal sort of style, so it's not, it's not really sort of fancy, like little bits hanging off it, and really gaudy. It is really streamlined, minimal, typical Apple. You know, very precisely made. The minute you see it the, and feel it, the quality is is evident, as with all Apple products. And what's also interesting, you've got two sizes: the 38, 38 millimeter and forty two millimeter. It is quite a difference when you hold them in, in, in the hand, but it's still the forty two is still quite a small watch for people that know big watches. And I I, I didn't even put the thirty eight on because it was never going to be an option for me. That was one of the things that we, we've seen plenty of smartwatches. They've been out a couple of years now. One thing with a smartwatch is that it's like it's like you've got a phone strapped to your wrist in some cases. They're big, they're bulky, they look ugly. Apple really sort of took that in mind. They, they really were conscious of that, that this is a product that, you're going to be, that people are going to want to be proud to wear. They're going to want to think, okay, yes, this is, this is a watch. It is a bit of technology. It's, it's, it's not as thick as I thought. It's a bit light. It's a bit thinner. Yep. Not as heavy either. So it, it, it is very comfortable wearing. No, no, no worse than wearing a regular watch. So taxi to the kitchen here at McDonald's. The Apple Watch Sport is actually very light because, you know, that's aluminium, so it's very, very light. Not dramatically lighter, if I'm honest, than the Apple Watch itself, which is stainless steel, but um, there's, there's a definite feeling, and I think let me put it this way I actually would encourage people who are thinking about buying one to go and try it first I think you could really go wrong by buying online without having a try, and I think that's why there's 14 days between now and when it goes on sale for people to have that opportunity. Today, today did have sort of a launch day feel to it, don't you reckon? There were people out the front, they were clapping and cheering. It ha- it's like it was on sale today. But let's be clear, there was no one here until about yeah. 20 minutes before the place that's opened. Right. Yeah, that's true. But um, I, I think, though, look, a question I was asked, well, look, sh- should watch manufacturers be worried? No, they shouldn't. It's a, it's, this isn't going to put Longines or Tag or anyone out of business. I think people who want to see this and watch connoisseurs, they may not even be interested in Apple Watch. Smartwatch, if people are interested in smartwatch, this is Apple's version of it that, if, that is well worth checking out. But when Apple have, have decided to launch a product in this particular category, I think people should take notice of that. It is going to really put a spotlight on the category in general. So all the other companies that do have smartwatches, I think they're going to see some benefit out of this because it's bringing more attention yeah. to that category. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting that... The, 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 the attention it's got here and I think Adam Goods was in there the yeah. former Australian of the Year former Sydney Swans player he was in there nice and early for a fitting I heard rumours that Delta Goodrum was on her way down there as well as well as some other musicians and celebrities so 
you know, if they can... Uh, they, That's what Apple does. They've, they've filtered them. Kind of they don't want all them at 9 o'clock. They want them there throughout the day so that they can continually get that... Co- now, once you've chosen the watch and you've had to play the thing, it, it is more interesting to me that the bands is as tough a decision as all the rest of it. And it also points to me to a very clear thing. Look, 4 99 will not be the price people pay. People are going to be paying seven, eight, nine hundred dollars because you are going to want a different band. You're going to want the different watch. I was blown away by several of the bands. So firstly, the, the sport band, which is a, a rubberized uh, material, it's it doesn't it's not it's frictionless it's ex, it's probably the best rubber rubber um, wristband I've felt. The the leather loop is sensational because it's it's it doesn't feel like you know uh, a rigid leather. It's a very soft, um, a bendable leather that that also magnetically claps clasps around onto the back of it. But then for me, without doubt, the metal link band. Is phenomenal, and tell me what well. <clears throat> you, you've got a, a beautiful Longines watch on there. I've got a bunch of watches, and if I so if I get a new watch from Casio, they send it to me to review. I've got to go to the jeweler. For Twenty bucks, you've got to take the links out. You can change the size of this on its own. I'm deadly serious. If they, I assume they've patented that, that's probably their most valuable patent because every other watch company is going to want a slice of that. They're going to want to find a way for people to to change the links on a watch. That was what I was going to mention, actually. Isn't but isn't that typical where? Apple comes to a category. Years has that been the way watches work? Forever, forever and a day. But isn't that typical, though, that Apple's come there, they've been here for five minutes in this space, and all these companies have been producing watches for hundreds of years, they didn't think of that. So it's just typical Apple sort of bringing their style, their flavour to this category, and that, that, that was, that's ingenious. And you know, For you to fit that, to fit a link watch, that was my initial worry. I'm thinking, should I get that? I'm going to have to get it adjusted. But it's beautiful. You can do it instantly. To change the take a link out and replace so it. To explain it, there's there's basically a button on the back of every link, and you press the button, it releases the the link from the next one, and then you press the one after it and release one or two of them, and you put it back together. It's actually the same mechanism as how you take the bands on and off all the watches. Now, the other thing I realised today is that now that the stores are open, can you imagine the number of photos and measurements being taken by providers who make third party accessories? Yes. Because, mate, you to be honest. Third-party wristbands is going to be a huge market. Can you imagine the innovation that's going to come in wristbands from third parties? Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I think that we've already seen watch stands, because and, and from yeah. the early reviews we've seen, I've read a few reviews where the batteries actually lasted longer than people thought. The early review, the early uh, accessories that we saw were, were watch stands, so chargers basically. I think, um, the, yeah, you're right. I think the, the the watch the watch band is going to be something that you're going to find a lot of options. Of course, like an iPhone case, you can buy an Apple's version of it or you can buy STM's version of it or other, you know, whoever else. I imagine STM, Belkin, um, Logitech, they're all going to come out with these things. Um, it'll be a huge aftermarket. Look, in the end, I'm still overly impressed by the watch. We haven't used it for a long period of time. I, I can see that it is still going to be a product that is not for everyone. I can see that it is the best smartwatch on the market, though, yeah, without without having to go into much detail. Let's talk price, though. Like this isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea. I think the minimum is four ninety nine. You want to get the forty two millimeter that takes it up to five eighty nine. So, it's not the cheapest smartwatch, but I think just from for our early look at it, it's going to be one of the best, better ones on the market. Uh, so. That, that, to me, seems to be the only drawback at the moment where price may be an inhibitor for, for some people. But I think once, once, you get, once we see the full breadth of the apps as well, we haven't even seen the full app, the, the full functionality of all the apps yet. That's well, what I'm really looking forward to seeing. You know, I've been doing some work this week on, on Aussie apps. Now, you've got, you've got Qantas have got an app. We know that. Woolworths have got a, a great app where you integrate with your, you've got your shopping list on your smartphone. Well, now you can just glance at your watch and check off items. And I've got to tell you, I think that's the best one I've seen thus far because your phone on a shopping trolley do not, does not go very well. Absolutely right. 
I think that Apple were very clever when they develop, they opened up the developer kit like six, seven months ago. That was a smart move because they didn't want just a miniaturized version of the app on your wrist. They wanted to give developers an, an opportunity to express themselves in a different way, different functionality. And that Woolies example is a perfect one. Of course, you're going to be able to buy things with it, board a plane with it, open your hotel room door with it. So, so many so the opportunities. Other ones I saw realestate.com.au, you've got one that so you can, you know, if you're out on a Saturday looking for stuff, you can you can browse through your, your houses and you can flick them off there. Um, TripView have, have made a, uh, an Apple Watch app so you can, you can view your public. Public transport Uber, and there's Uber. You're going to see Twitter. It's Aussie. I'm just talking oh, Aussie right, apps, sorry, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, um, invoice to go. The invoice system I use is has yeah, got an Apple yeah. Watch app. So if you're a tradie and you, you log on and log off for jobs, you you, you start a job on the watch. And you then you're going to tradies going to use an Apple Watch, mate. mate? Totally. You reckon totally. they're going to have it on the job site? Yep. You're not going to be scared. You're going to scratch it or anything? Or? Mate, I'm not talking hardcore tradie, <laughs> but mate, Aaron will want to, to log Aaron, on and off oh, a job, yeah. and then you, you finish the job, you press invoice, and it sends an invoice from the watch. I mean, it's, it is. And that's just, mate, that's just one week of innovation. I reckon, like, forget the design, forget the style and all that. That's going to be the game changer here, whereas Apple have got the app, the developers on board. So rather than, it, rather than being a glorified email and, and message notification system, right. that is going to be the difference here where app developers are going to be unleashed in a new way. Yep. All right. Well, um, you can read all about it on uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au, the Apple Watch. Uh, available for pre-order pretty much now by the time you're uh, listening to this, and it'll be available to own and have in your hands on your wrist on April 24th. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, and that's where you've got to go to check out the Arlo Smart Cameras. These things are sensational security cameras for your home, 100% wire-free, batteries in, inside, wireless communication back to your router, and then 100% cloud. So everything, every activity your camera detects is uploaded to a cloud. You can view it on any device, on your smartphone, on your computer. It records it automatically. It's such a great way of, uh, of keeping track of what's happening in your, in your world. Uh, the Arlo smart cameras are available, and you can read them about them on eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au and also uh, netgear.com.au. Well, the other big thing this week, mate, which seriously um, dominated our worlds again because it's just such a big piece of tech news, was the Dallas Buyers Club result over Ion. Now, it's a very interesting one because theoretically the Dallas Buyers Club lost. Um, that they, They've been forced... Sorry, no, they won because they've, they've been allowed to get access to people's details. But Ionet think they won as well because Dallas Buyers Club has to pay their costs and Ionet got what they wanted. What Dallas Buyers Club wanted was they wanted the personal details of 4,500 people. Ionet said, no way, not unless the court orders so. And the court has ordered so. But critically, the main thing about this decision is the judge has to see the letter that the Dallas Buyers Club wants to send out to any of those people before it goes out, which prevents what Ionet wanted to prevent, speculative invoicing, yeah. which happens in the US, which is these $1,000 bills, and people are basically forced into paying them or, or guilted into playing, paying them. So it's a, it's a landmark decision that comes, I'm going to say, interestingly timed in conjunction with the three strikes legislation or, or, um, um, or, or a copyright scheme that's being introduced so that uh, internet providers like Ionet 
have to actually warn us as users what we're doing wrong. So it's a very interesting time for piracy overall in Australia and, and pretty much a big win for the rights holders. Well, I think there's a lot of people now thinking twice about clicking that mouse button about the consequences. Now, this, this has shown that there are consequences to those actions. IINet, no doubt in the world, are going to appeal the decision. The, the, the feeling that they're throwing 4,700 of their customers under the bus like this, they're going to appeal this to the highest court that they can go. I don't think they will. No, I think they will. I don't think they're very comfortable being so freely having to hand over the details. I think what what would would we what would be ideal? And and you got to remember when when this our own copyright scheme was was proposed, mate. There were howls of criticism about it. How it was you, you couldn't. There were certain limited appeal avenues. It was only from industry members rather than independent people on the uh, the judiciary panel, the appeals panel. But now this seems tame in comparison to the speculative invoicing approach from what we've seen. So what I'm, what I'm hoping, what, what we're hoping that would happen now is that the Dallas Pliers Club decision then comes in through our three-strike system now so that people can say, right, you get a warning, you do it again, there's going to be another letter, you do it a third time, then you know, you're going to have to face some circumstances here. I've never had seen such reaction to a story in terms of Okay, what's going to happen now? What if I've done this? There are people now worried about the consequences. So before it was people thought it was a harmless crime. Now where we're seeing actual action in court and these amazing and intimidating amounts of money being thrown around. Think of it this way. Four and a half thousand people walked into a store and there was no one in there and they grabbed something. They, they stole it. They thieved something. And they've just found out there were security cameras in there. They're packing it because, mate, you stole something. I'm sorry. So that's it's a big risk. But so... I own its statement the other night. It was very clear. They were pleased with the results. I don't think they'll appeal, but I think what will happen is, mate, who's, if you get a letter, my advice, don't pay anything. No. Wait, because well, when, when 4,000 people get a letter, there's going to be some smart lawyer out there that says, hang on, everyone stop. We'll go, we'll go at this together. Because, mate, the bottom line is they can't prove that you, 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 yeah, that you had right. the whole movie. I, I, they well, can't prove that you had the be, whole thing available. But they also, like the, because they use this, this pretty, what they say was pretty sophisticated technology, sort of tracking IPs and things like that, there is. I, I did read, and I wrote this in my story too, I did read that there's no way they can prove that someone wasn't out the front using your wireless network. Like, it, it's not illegal to have a non-secure network. It's not, it's not smart, but it's not illegal for someone else to tap into your... It's not illegal for you to have an unsecure network. So you could say, oh, my neighbour did it, or Blake out the front in the car did it. So there is going to be those grey areas, I think. This is, this is the... The scare that everyone's got. Look, if I downloaded Dallas Buyers Club and I was an Ionet customer, yeah. you know what I'd do? I'd go and buy Dallas Buyers Club on DVD. Yeah. Because the best <laughs> thing you can do is write back to them when they get a letter. If you don't yeah, want to get involved at in all, yeah. just say, listen, Here's my I, I, I bought it. Yeah. Here's my receipt. Yeah. Um, and any digital copy I have now is a copy and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel safe and comfortable. Yeah, that's, that's, that's legal. We should point out, though, that the people, those 4,700-odd customers, were not only people who downloaded the file. They seeded it. They shared it. So they were... They, they, they made it easy for other people but to download. That's how torrenting works, right? As, you, as, as you've explained before, you know, it's, it's bits and pieces of a file. Yeah. So if you initiate a download, and let's say you've downloaded 5% of the file, and you're also set up as a seed, you, you can be a seed even with only 5% of the file active. So there's no proof that you ever had the whole movie. Yeah, and that's true. where they'll fall out. Absolutely. No, I think you're right. And, and look, this, this, this comes at the end of a long sort of t- t- thing we've been talking about where... Australians have sort of been at the end of the road, end of the line when it comes to getting good content. And look, there's no excuse for it. No, not for one second yep. do I condone people. You know, like downloading movies and TV shows legally is theft. But 
people are doing this, it's the path of least resistance for them. They're thinking, well, I want to buy this. Where can I buy it? Oh, hang on, I can't buy it. I yeah. want to watch it. I'm going to steal it. Yeah. So they don't want to wait three months to watch an episode of Game of Thrones or or House of Cards. They yeah. want it today. Now with Netflix on board, that's going to alleviate some of this problem. The fact that Foxtel are even going to air Game of Thrones at the same time as the US, that's that's fantastic. We've come a long way in just 12 months even. I think we're going to see a lot less cases of this happening. People are going to realise there are legal avenues out there. There are people willing to pay the money. Like We, we steal this content because we love it. We want to watch it now. So give us the, that opportunity. We'll pay you for it instead of steal it. Read more about the Dallas Buyers Club uh, decision on uh, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 203. And let me tell you, people, this is a fundamentally important day of our lives because we've gone 19 minutes into this podcast and Stephen hasn't argued that our next story shouldn't be the lead story. So let's everyone, let's everyone respect how big news, how big a piece of news the Apple Watch and the Dallas Buyers Club is because what Stephen has for us next is, in his mind, so much bigger. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. That's a massive setup, Trevor. I'm under a bit of pressure now. But uh, the, just, there's just two words I have to say to you. Star Wars. Okay. Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks for coming. And now on to our next story. Thanks, Scoop. It was a movie, buddy, decades ago that you're obsessed with. Yes, it is. But, well, it is. How's this news? This is, uh, well, it's the first time they're going to be offered digitally, so de- to download through iTunes and other avenues in high definition. Quick flicks, even. Is it qu- it's going to be available to buy. Uh, so... The, the you know that that's historic in itself you know we, we've got the seventh film coming out in in uh, in December, but what oh, what good timing to create a whole stack of publicity around Star Wars Absolutely. before the next one movie? Well, with what's what they're also offering with these movies, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I've downloaded them so eagerly is that they reckon they've got all this new, never before seen material behind the scenes uh, footage that. I'm keen to see because I'm calling BS on that. Well, I've seen every bit of Star Wars content ever made, so I'm, I'm I, unless they've made it specifically for these releases, I'm really keen to get hold of it. And good to see that Apple. Like I pre-ordered all six movies at twenty-five bucks each. Let's 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 just stop down there for a moment. You, you own them on how many other formats? Oh, got them on DVD, Blu-ray. I've still got my original VHS tapes. <laughs> So what happened? I ordered all all six movies, so twenty five bucks a pop. That's over one hundred and fifty bucks, they say. But but I found, I wake up this morning and find out you could order the whole collection for one hundred and nineteen dollars. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, fair go Apple, fair go Apple. But I did get an email this morning saying. We realise that since your pre-order, the whole collection was made available. We apologise for the inconvenience and credit you thirty bucks. So, happy days. Good luck. Wow, aren't they? Aren't you loving them? To quote just a line from Star Wars: "It'll be a day long remembered." <laughs> what? What a monumental force. line. The force is strong. The force is strong with this story. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, the Star Wars. If you're a massive nut job like Stephen, you've probably already know this. But if you're not, and you want to experience the movies, which I've never seen, then maybe the digital movies is the way to watch them. Maybe one day I'll understand what all this. You can watch them on your phone. You can watch them on your tablet. Oh. You can watch them anywhere now, Trevor. Oh, I could think of nothing more exciting. <laughs> Um, it's funny because I nearly got invited to a some bloody Star Wars convention in in the states recently. <laughs> what, what did you pass it on to me? No. It ended, it ended up being that there was no invitation on the board, but it was just hilarious that the email came. And I thought, could you imagine if I went to this and you found out? It would have been so funny. You would have just died. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can read about Star Wars if you so desire at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. 
You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, mate, we, um, we've both had a good fly and a play with the uh, DJI Phantom drones, and they are without question the, the most popular drones and probably the most sophisticated um, and feature-rich at a kind of consumer level, even though they're still a thousand odd dollars. And um, this week, uh, DJI, the Chinese huge Chinese company, announced uh, a new uh, version of the Phantom, the Phantom 3, which comes in in two versions. And interestingly, from my point of view, um, there's no longer a version that doesn't have a camera on it. So they basically, they've all got cameras. You used to be able to buy it just as a drone to fly around, and then you would add a, a gimbal and a GoPro. There's no more GoPro. And I think that's them going, for a start, they don't have to have so many extra parts and bits, but also going, we've got good camera technology. Yeah. Why give GoPro a you know margin of 50 bucks on them selling cameras when we can make the money on, on selling cameras ourselves? Yeah, yeah true. I think, uh, I, I suspect that you'll still be able to buy the Phantom 2 maybe oh, without sure. a camera. But no, I think it's a smart move in there, but because let's face it, this isn't a toy just to fly around for fun. This is an aerial photography product, and and the footage they've captured is incredible. So the professional will have thanks 4K. for watching. Yeah, professional. Yeah, I've put a few up myself. The professional is 4K camera, 12 megapixel stills, and then the advanced is the full HD video and also 12 megapixel stills as well. Some new some new features on board though, so mate, to make it easy to fly as well. Yeah. And, and they've, got a, they've got a feature in there which has got like sensors so you can do things like flying it indoors close to the ground. So, yeah, so what, what, the, what the current Phantom lacks is any, any height sensor so it doesn't have um, like uh, uh, ultra ultrasonic um, any, any kind of sensors to determine how far it is off the ground and things other than an alt- altimeter so it actually knows where it is via GPS and so with these extra sensors you can actually fly indoors because I don't know if you've tried but it's almost impossible but the big thing with this is because it's a built-in camera and it's the vision style, you've got your, 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 your tablet or whatever it is um, controlling it. They've also got a feature, live streaming. Now, this is going to blow people away. It's also going to end in a lot of people getting fined because they're going to do it illegally in the wrong places. But if I'm in the Blue Mountains and I've got good mobile coverage on my tablet, I could fly the thing and live YouTube stream from the Phantom. That is yeah. just brilliant. I was going to take, I was seriously this weekend going to put my, strap my iPhone to it and do a live periscope, you know, the Twitter yeah. live video thing, see what that looked you like. You strap your iPhone Yeah, buddy, I, yeah. Jeez, I'd hate for that to fall off. Oh, man, that'd be right. <laughs> I like too how they've given you, the, the controller can now hold an, uh, a tablet. So that's an even bigger screen to go with there. So the, it's got a longer range too, wider two kilometer range. If anyone's interested in buying a uh, DJI Phantom 2, um, oh, mine will be on eBay very soon because because this one this one's going to uh, this one's going to retail if you scroll all the way down so I can see the prices. It's going to retail the uh, fifteen fifty and nineteen fifty. Now nineteen fifty for four K that's actually pretty darn good value because if even if you had a GoPro you're going to you're going to invest that much and this is a full with all the software advantages. So they haven't really they haven't gouged that at all. I think they've done very well on the pricing. They've really done very well and, and mate that's surprising considering how weak our dollar is at the moment. That that is really good pricing. These are going to I think they're going to be available in about three weeks. Check it out techguide.com.au Now, one thing we we spoke about Star Wars earlier, and you know that's all about the Force. But here's a, here's a what a link. Here's a different type of Force, mate. Um, the Force Touch, and I'm not talking about. Um, I won't go down that road with a joke, but I'm. Uh, we're talking about the new trackpad on the on the new 
12-inch um, MacBook, but it was the first time we saw it was actually on a product that I've reviewed and you've seen as well, the 13-inch MacBook Pro with yeah, Retina so was we, the first one to have this force touch trackpad. We've both got to look at this 13-inch MacBook Pro with Retina because it's got the it's the new version, but it's also got this force touchpad. Now, when, when, the, when the MacBook's available, this is the technology we'll have. But here's the thing. I, I was looking at MacBook and I, to be honest, I went... I'm not going to review. I'm not going to review the MacBook because it's a MacBook, right? It's, it's just a better, my, better my computer. My review was mainly about the trackpad. Anyway. Correct. And yeah. so all I did was write an article about the Force Touch. And the thing was, I'm saying to them, "This is amazing. Can you? Can we have a chat?" So what happens with Apple without breaking the the world of uh, PR? But you, you know, you've got a question. They find an expert who can sit with you and talk about it. So I spent 20 or 30 minutes on the phone with a guy talking to me about how it all works. And I literally thought it was a G up because I said, "Mate, it's just it just feels so, like I'm pressing it really deeply." And he goes, "It's not moving." The trackpad doesn't move. Well, it has a haptic, yeah. taptic, bloptic engine in it that makes, seriously, tricks your finger because into thinking you are pushing down. So what happens, uh, because the, the traditional trackpad that you can see right here on my computer here, it's like the sort of diving board structure where you press the front of it and you yeah, see it, some it movement. Goes down on an angle. With the new one, there are actually sensors in every corner and the taptic engine so that what the, the, the feeling of, the, of you, of, of a tactile movement, is actually the taptic engine from underneath. That's right. So it's not actually moving at all. It's sort of, it moves like one or two microns, which is less than the, the width of a human hair or something yeah. like that. So for, but, so but the beautiful thing is you've got, so you've now got control of, of, of how hard it is to click. You've got this great, great software control over that. Then you've got the extra feature of being able to force touch on things, which can bring up a dictionary and stuff. And if you're in a video, for example, you can actually push down, can keep pushing down through several levels yeah. and do things like multiple fast forwards. It's unbelievable. And you can also, you know, find out the definition of a word. You can, if you hover over a date and do a force touch on a date, it'll open up a calendar event. Um, you, you can you can scroll through your videos as well. So a lot, a lot of features I think you're going to see. See, we're, we're the sort of the muscle memory at the moment on computers is click, double click. That's all yeah. we know about. Once we get our heads around the possibilities of force touch, I think uh, you know my, my understanding is that, and I suspect that Apple will include it in the next iPhone. That's so right. having because it's in, it's, it's, it's in, in the Apple Watch. It's in the Apple yeah, Watch. The right. taptic feedback. You feel it, so it actually feels like someone's tapping on your arm with your finger, which is not just a. So you, what people would know that some watches vibrate, you know, buzz. That's we're not talking about that. We're talking about a piece of feedback that makes it feel like someone's touching your wrist. Seriously, go into an Apple store and touch the trackpad on a on a device with a force touch uh, trackpad, a MacBook uh, Pro 13 inch or the or the new MacBook when it's available. Um, you will be blown away because it feels like it's moving. So Stephen's Stephen's got that written up at techguide.com.au and I've got it up at eftm.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So Stephen, that brings to an end our conversation about the world of technology <laughs> technology here at the uh, McDonald's George Street store. But it's time for your um, your minute reviews, yeah. Stephen, and I'd like to I'd like to get your thoughts on the Galaxy S6 Edge because I'm in. Two months. Yeah, oh, look, oh, the S6 Edge, uh, which is available from today, the 10th of April, the S6 Edge and the S6. The S6 Edge has all the features of the S6, 5.1-inch screen, 16-megapixel camera, super AMOLED display, quad HD, octa-core processor, tick all those boxes. What I'm going to talk about here is the screen. The curved edges on the screen, I think it's more an aesthetic thing than a functional thing. Correct, it's I very, agree. It's very limited in terms of what you can do with it. It looks nice. It's unusual. The phone feels a little strange in your hand. It doesn't feel as comfortable in your hand because of that angular feel that those curves give it. 
Um, you know, good on Samsung. Very courageous of them to sort of to say, look what we can do. Because let's face it, all smartphones are starting to look the same nowadays. It does feel like a piece of does feel like a piece of rounded glass sitting on top of a flat screen. It, 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 you know, I applaud Samsung for going down this path and showing some the, that, that, that sort of innovation of design. Um, but in, in terms of functionality of the edge, it doesn't offer a whole lot. There are ways you can get notifications when the phone is face down. You can color code certain contacts so you can receive, you know, blue is your wife, red is your best mate, green is whatever. So That's my favorite thing is the little uh, missed call notifications that you can drag in. And that's a very good software feature of the phone. And, 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 and just in terms of build quality, it's really taken a step up, as has the S6. Same sort of build. Glass, metal, feels really nice in your hand. But... I think if you if you know if you want to go the S6 Edge and and uh, it is a more expensive device to own than the S6. Uh, look, I think that unless app developers take use of make use of those edges, it's just purely for looks rather than function. Stephen's full review at TechGuide.com.au. And let me tell you, Stephen, um, my information from one of the telcos is it's, ta- it's taking up 55% of the gal- of the S6 um, orders. So 55% are Edge and uh, 45 is, is the standard S6. And the other thing I'd like to represent on behalf of your, your readers, Tech Guide, I mean, we love the new website, but Stephen, your star rating's gone. Um, oh, it's on the side. Oh, I used to like it at the bottom of the b- bottom of the page. So how many stars was the S6 Edge? Uh, I've got four. Four, okay, very good. Uh, now, the second product is one I've been wearing for a week or so. It's the uh, Garmin. Well, I don't have it on now because I took it off in the Apple Phoenix. Store. The Phoenix, the Phoenix 3. Phoenix. The yeah, Phoenix good luck. <laughs> Phoenix 3. This is a multi-sport GPS watch. Now, watches we've been talking about already. Now, this is a true multi-sport outdoor adventurer type this of watch so which nice. can do just about everything. Now, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to get an Apple Watch because, but if you get an Apple Watch, you can't go swimming with it. You can't wear it in the shower. It's not going to handle all those activities that you want to do. The Garmin, the Phoenix 3 can go anywhere. It's got GPS built into the watch. Apple Watch doesn't have GPS. It comes through your iPhone. So it, one downside, though, of this, it doesn't have a built-in heart rate monitor. It doesn't have a touch screen. But... Far from being a deal breaker, I think that if you there's so much sophistication built into this device, and if you're an athlete, you're training for a certain event, you can analyze the the data that it brings in. It's it's more than just timing your run and mapping it on a on a on a map. Uh, you you can work out the amount of oxygen you're consuming and all this sophistication. This is the sort of watch for you if you if you're that type of person who really wants to go that deep into your training. You want to set GPS markers on your run or your hike or whatever you want to do. Um, it's got a really great link back to the Garmin Connect app. Uh, it is waterproof, as I said, waterproof to 100 metres, so you can take this anywhere. Uh, so if you're an adventurer, an athlete, explorer, you love getting outdoors, then Phoenix 3 is uh, the watch for you. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Well, as our, live, our first live outside broadcast at McDonald's, I'd say, um, I haven't heard the audio quality, but well, I'd say a raving success. Um, plenty of autographs being signed by I Stephen. You can eat your hash brown now, yes. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, we'd love your thoughts on anything we've discussed this week. You can uh, get us on Twitter at Trevor Long and at Stephen Fennick with a PH. And you can get us using the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. Uh, great to have your company, Stephen. We'll be back again next week with goodness knows what news in technology. Maybe we'll try KFC next week for the broadcast. <laughs> no, Red Rooster. I'll go where you tell me, mate. See you then. (laughs) 